Broadcasting from the Superbook Sports Studios, KTUS AM 1060, Tempe, Phoenix, and KSLX HD2, Scottsdale, Phoenix. It's time to hit the field with Extra Point, featuring Kayla Mortolaro and Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060. Tweet the show at KDUS AM 1060 or give us a call at 602-260-1060. The snap is back. The hold is down. You can't miss with this combination. And the extra point is good. Hour number two of Extra Point right here on KDOS AM 1060. As always, online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. It's a Thursday. It's June 15th. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro with you up until noon today as we typically do. Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. We'll take your calls around 11.15 if you'd like to join. 602-260-1060 is the number. But let's reset today's poll questions and we'll start with the KDOS1060.com poll question. Uh, who wins the NL West? The options being Arizona or Los Angeles. And we have things in a much closer margin than we did to start our number one here. Los Angeles at 55% of the vote. Arizona getting a lot of love up to 45% now. Yeah. Um, once again, the timing of this question, not the greatest after the last uh, couple of days are really yeah, the Dodgers have now lost seven in the last ten games, and five of those games have been massive bullpen meltdowns, including last night after Clayton Kershaw. Not his best, but he figured out a way to get through six innings, seven innings, six innings, uh, six or seven innings, uh, with uh, only giving up a couple of runs and uh, gave his chance a team to win a chance to win, and the the bullpen just completely imploded again. And as I mentioned, that's uh, yeah, it's uh, you know multiple times in the last you know you know two weeks you know, to use just kind of the you know basic qu- uh, quick uh, you know without doing the exact day scenario. So that was uh, their their situation, and also the Diamondbacks, who have been tremendous defensively. I know the metrics back this up too. So whether that's good or bad, you all can decide that. But the eye test, their defense has been really good. Uh, all season long, the last two nights, uh, I don't think there's been a stretch of two games this season where the Diamondbacks' defense has been that poor in back-to-back games. Uh, we'll answer this question around 11.30 today over on Twitter at KDUS AM 1060. Which team misses its star the most? Mets, Pete Alonzo, Yankees, Aaron Judge. I should point out here that you had a conversation with Zach Kreiser of Yahoo Sports. And if you missed that in the 9 o'clock hour podcast over at KDUS 1060.com or with the KDUS 1060 app. Uh, here are the options, though. Yankees, Aaron Judge, the masses at 55.6% of the vote. Mets, Pete Alonzo, 44 4%. Yeah, and Zach an- answered that question before I even really specifically asked it. <laughs> so, <laughs> podcast away. We'll answer it as well around 11.30. Uh, let's continue to go around Major League Baseball, though. And uh, yesterday you had the Blue Jays beating the Orioles 3-1, to one, and they are currently underway wrapping up the series this morning with it all tied up 1-1 in the top of the fourth. That's true. Um, you know, did really Baltimore had gotten the best uh, almost every game this year against Toronto until last night when Jose Barrios was tremendous and uh, he was awful last season. 
He's been consistently good now. I think it's, uh, he's had enough starts where we can say he's been consistently good this season. He had a no-hitter last night into the sixth or seventh inning, deep into the game, uh, when uh, the, you know, Baltimore at least finally scratched. And then Baltimore was uh, you know, rallied and had the uh, they actually had the winning run at the plate uh, by the time we got to the ninth inning. But uh, Romano held on and managed to win the game. But... Uh, yeah, you know, Baltimore uh, with uh, you know, Wells out there today has been a surprisingly uh, good starting pitcher for them. Uh, we'll see how that goes in uh, the finale of this series in, in Baltimore today. And certainly here when you're looking at the overall picture with the AL uh, East, with the Rays sitting on top at 49 and 22, the Orioles there at 42 and 25, five games back. Then you have the Yankees at 39 and 39 games back. The Blue Jays, 38 and 31, 10 games back. There's certainly a lot of uh, jockeying for positioning. Yeah, I mean, I think it's clearly two teams are really good right now. You know, the Yankees are, you know, battered by injury, which they literally have been since before the season started. And I'm starting to wonder if they're ever going to be healthy this year. Uh, I don't believe in Toronto, and I definitely don't believe in Boston and Boston's uh, pitching situation. They're starting pitching, uh, shockingly. Uh, with you know, some of their mainline guys either bad and demoted or injured has uh, been pretty good lately. But other than that, their defense is terrible in Boston. And speaking of defense, yeah, you know, I mean, I don't. I think defensive grading of metrics in baseball is really difficult. Uh, but there is no way in hell uh, that the Blue Jays should be the best defensive team in baseball, which according to some metrics they are. There is zero chance, if you actually watch the games, that that is possible. Uh, continuing on with games from last night, the Angels lost to the Rangers 6-3. to You had Corey Seager hitting a home run in the 7th, Shohei Otani hitting a home run in the ninth. And today at 5.05 p.m., it's going to be Shohei Otani, who's 5-2, 3.32 ERA, 102 strikeouts versus Nathan Uvalde, 9-2, 2.49 ERA and 83 strikeouts. Avaldi's been tremendous. Um, you know, they spent uh, a lot of money on pitchers that had injury history. It didn't work out with DeGrom, at least short term. It has definitely worked out with Evaldi and part of the Red Sox woes, uh, the fact that he was there last couple of years and was okay. Uh, not this good. So I wonder if uh, you know, Texas now has uh, Mike Maddox as their pitching coach, and I don't think there's any question uh, that his departure from St. Louis has really further depleted the chances for the Cardinals and further enhanced the position for uh, for Texas. So that's a good thing. Otani has been unbelievable for a few games now at the plate. Um, you know, he just seems to you know, hit monstrous home runs every day. However, while he does have the over 100 strikeouts for the season, he has not been good at all on the mound for the majority of his last four or five starts. Uh, average at best, I think, uh, is the way to put it. Another thing, that Mike Trout, since May the 1st, has had one of the worst stretches of his career. And you know he is, um, I've mentioned for several years running, he's not an above average great center fielder anymore. They've had better players on their roster that should be playing center field instead of Trout, but... Because he's Mike Trout, 
I guess he's never going to play any position other than center field. But now uh, he is, uh, you know, we've gone a month and a half now where he's been a far below average offensive player. Uh, then you have the Rays avoiding another loss to the A's, snapping the A's seven-game win streak, though, 6-3. to three. Today it's going to be Taj Bradley, 4-3, four 4.19 three, ERA, 52 strikeouts. Paul Blackburn, 0-0, uh, 3.60 ERA, 14 strikeouts. But I guess the major thing is kind of this uh, sudden surge with the A's, but then also everything that's been going on behind the scenes, whether or not they're going to be moving to Las Vegas and, and the status of all all of that yeah well that's fine i mean people want to read that and hear about it they can i mean that does no i don't really care at this point uh, what's going on the a's have won a bunch of games lately congratulations 162 game season almost everybody has a winning streak over that stretch so great for them taj bradley though is a really big deal here um the highly acclaimed Considered to be the best prospect in the Rays organization, certainly as far as a pitcher goes, and got off to a nice start. Uh, then there were a lot of uh, lots of speculation that he was tipping pitches. They sent him back to the minor leagues. He has been pretty mediocre, and I may being I may be uh, that might be a complimentary saying he's been pretty mediocre since he returned from the minor leagues. He needs to figure it out, and I think for the Rays to have long-term success. And with all the starting pitching and relief pitching injuries that they've had, and their bullpen is also, uh, mentioned the Dodgers, they're last in the National League in bullpen or run average. Last I saw, the Rays had dropped to 24th uh, in baseball in bullpen or run average. Uh, but you know, they need Bradley and pretty much everybody they have healthy right now as a starting pitcher to excel for long-term success this season. You know, they've been so good offensively so far. They're really good defensively, that which kind of bails out their starting pitching and relief pitching sometimes. But they need Bradley to live up to the hype this year. Um, the White Sox, they topped the Dodgers 8-4. to four. Clayton Kershaw, he uh, tossed six innings, six hits, two runs, two walks, five strikeouts, and two home runs. But it was the bullpen once again for L.A. that did them in. Yeah, it's uh, many times over the last two weeks now uh, that their bullpen has crushed them. Uh, the White Sox actually, after a uh, seemingly inexplicable hot streak uh, for a few games, uh, yeah, they had lost several games in a row. You know, they got they, they lost the series at home to Florida uh, or Miami or whatever the hell we're supposed to call the Marlins these days. I should just say the Marlins, huh? Uh, the Marlins. Uh, then they, uh, you know, didn't do so well the first couple games in L.A. But in, you know, the the, the, you know, the Dodgers bullpen gave up three runs in the uh, eighth and the ninth innings last night to blow that game for Kershaw, who wasn't his best, but he's so smart and so savvy that he got through and gave his chance a team, uh, gave his team a chance to win, and they blew it for him. You know, I'm going to lump these pitchers together just because you mentioned so smart, so savvy, and just kind of 
the successes that they've had in their career and then the longevity of their career and kind of how we've seen some maybe some ups and downs. And I know you have not been on the side of really all that many downs for Clayton Kershaw this year, but I'm going to throw in Clayton (laughs) Clayton Kershaw, Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer. What do you kind of see from those grouping of guys who have been stellar peak pitchers for so long and where where they've been at in this 2023 campaign i think kershaw's been tremendous i mean he's got 10 starts or more now with two runs runs or two runs or less and it can't be more than there can't be a handful of pitchers in baseball that have done that this season the question about kershaw is at some point for many years now he's had either a you know a, 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 a specific back injury or the Dodgers, when they've had these sometimes enormous leads as far as the division or the wild card or both, uh, they've given him time off. So I would be very surprised if he's able to make it through an entire regular season unscathed of something going on. So that's the biggest question there. Verlander was really good last night. Um, you know, the, uh, David Cohn did a tremendous job on ESPN last night you know, before the game even started, talking about how Verlander's fastball had not been as good as it had been in obviously recent years, as recently as last year uh, when he was in Houston, it was so spectacular. Uh, but yeah, last night Verlander went to the slider, and that was especially effective. He and Cole were, you know, you know, tremendous. Uh, but unfortunately, they both got up there in the pitch count. They were both gone after six innings. But Verlander clearly would be second on this list. And I'm really worried about Scherzer. And uh, I think, as you're aware, I don't really jump the gun too much on these things. But I specifically asked during yesterday's Sports Zone and brought it up again today with Zach Kreiser, is he just gotten old, too much wear and tear, or is something physically wrong with him right now? Uh, Which could be a combination of everything, I guess. But... I'm more worried about Scherzer than anybody else. He's had two multi-run leads the last two weeks in his last two starts at Atlanta and home against the Yankees. Obviously, two really high-profile games, and he's blown it each time and was out of the game by the fifth inning. Uh, to, to your point about Verlander and Cole, the Yankees uh, lost to the Mets 4-3 to three in 10 innings. But to your point, Garrett Cole, six innings, four hits, one run, eight strikeouts. Verlander, six innings, three hits, one run, six strikeouts. That probably for the Mets was a very promising sign for, for Verlander. There's been a couple of starts in a row now where maybe he's starting to find his groove. Yeah, I agree with that um, for sure. You know, the, the Yankees, you know, they have one of the best bullpens in the league, but even the Yankees don't have everybody in their bullpen they can depend on. And, you know, yesterday was kind of the B squad because they used everybody on Tuesday night to win the first game of the this rendition of the uh, uh, edition or whatever the right word is of the Subway Series. Uh, they Boone was just out of dudes last night. So, you know, I know that people in New York lost their minds. If you're a Yankees fan, what the hell was he supposed to do? Did you want to lose the game Tuesday night or did you want to lose the game on Wednesday night? And the Mets played some of the dumbest baseball in history last night, quite frankly, uh, base running and defensively. Uh, but, uh, and the only reason I think the Mets won the game is because the, the Yankees just ran out of bullpen guys.
602-260-1060. That's the number if you'd like to join the program. We'll talk to you on the other side of the break. 602-260-1060. We'll continue a little bit uh, taking a look at the divisions and how everything stacks up around Major League Baseball. Also, the Arizona Cardinals wrapping up minicamp and the field work portion of things yesterday. I believe they have meetings today, and then they will be cut loose for uh, the summer and then the dates have come out so far about when training camp gets started for uh, public viewing for the Arizona Cardinals. So we'll get into all of that on the other side of the break. But your turn if you'd like to join the show as well, 602-260-1060. Happy to have a conversation with you. It is the Extra Point right here on KDOS AM 1060, online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. Turn those picks into gold. Wall-to-wall NFL coverage and the biggest stories coming to you from 3 to 5 p.m. The Rich Eisen Show here on KDUS AM 1060 and KDUS1060.com. Piggybacking off of Aaron's fun facts there in the break about auction items and Babe Ruth's jersey there. Uh, This just happened actually yesterday. The Air Jordans that Michael Jordan wore during the famous flu game sold last night uh, for $1.38 million. What's interesting, though, is that these shoes sold about a decade ago for $105,000. So they've gone up in value and uh, one decade later changed hands and the price point went significantly up to $1.38 million for the uh, flu game shoes from Michael Jordan. Yeah. The infamous flu game shoes, I think it's now more evident and I don't know if it's been quote proven but it was just kind of some bad pizza literally bad pizza delivered by NBC and his buddy Mamad Rashad yeah I learned all about that during the uh the last dance documentary uh during you know the the stretch of 2020 there where it came out so yeah that had been rumored forever uh I mean like for like since like two minutes after that game ended or maybe even before that game started if i remember correctly because we all knew something was going on uh so that uh there's a long time fable which i guess is now true uh it is the extra point right here on kdos am 1060 on this thursday june 15th uh let's continue on with our conversation regarding major league baseball and uh what do we do with both the AL in the NL Central Divisions. <laughs> Blow them up. Um, I think the most important thing here is how it's going to affect the trade deadline. Um, because you know, none of these teams are any good, even though I think that Minnesota has a chance to be pretty good, or at least a factor, because their pitching is good. Their offense has been really not good at all. Uh, and uh, players like Carlos Correa, who has missed some time because of injury, and when he's been healthy, he hasn't been very good, but he's sure been good lately. Uh, the last 10 days to two weeks, he's you know, been amongst the best hitters in baseball. You know, Buxton, unfortunately, yeah, he's on the injured list all the time. They only DH him now, and he's still on the injured list. And I don't know if he – I think he – he was supposed to come off maybe yesterday. I don't think he was or today, but 
He's always hurt. God bless him. And, you know, it's not a defensive thing. You used to get hurt by making spectacular defensive plays, either diving for balls or crashing into walls. Now he just gets hurt no matter what. And they have him as the DH, and he still missed time. Uh, but their pitching is good. Their offense is you – know, they really haven't had their offense intact for hardly any games this season. Their pitching might actually get better if they get some a couple of their starters back, but uh, they're not going to get a, a couple a couple guys out for the season. But Minnesota has a chance. But to answer your question several minutes ago, sorry, <laughs> um, the rest of the, these two, the rest of the teams in both these divisions are bad, and I think it's going to be a really important and interesting you know, next few weeks here to see whether these teams are actually going to go for it and try to win the division because they're certainly not going to be a wild card team from either of these division, uh, divisions. And uh, you know, do you, I think it, because they're so – if you just look at the records, you know, why would they be actually you know, trying to buy and add and, you know, and you know, end up uh, you know, giving up prospects or whatever – I think that every one of these teams to this point, unless Minnesota kind of steps up, I think all of them should just kind of you know bag the season and accept what they are and not give up any of their future to try to win this year. Over in the American League, you have the AL West Rangers on top, 42-25 and 25 is their record. The Astros three and a half games back at 39-29. and 29. And the Angels have been hanging in there, 38-32, and 32, five and a half games back. And then the, the Mariners, 33-34, and 34, nine games back. Yeah, I think the Mariners are one of the biggest disappointments in baseball. Obviously, you know, I think maybe we forgot. Uh, at least, you know, I did, and I'm guessing others, that uh, they were pretty mediocre or less than mediocre or even below average for a large majority of last season before they got hot and made the playoff or run to the playoffs, etc. They are absolutely atrocious against teams that are above 500, and uh, they're going to be facing a lot of teams above 500 in part because the American League is far better than the National League. Uh, so we'll see what happens with them. I would be really surprised if they turned it around. Houston obviously has major problems right now. Jordan Alvarez is out for, it appears, several weeks. And he's arguably, if not the best hitter in baseball, one of the best hitters in baseball. Uh, their pitching staff has had major problems. And now Lance McCullough is now officially out for the season, which means he will not pitch at all this season and likely not the start of next season. Uh, so they've got some problems suddenly. They look like, you know, just, you know, a week ago. I mean, they had won like 18 out of 24, 25 games. Looked like that they were turning it around. That's not the case. And then Texas, you know, obviously went to Tampa last weekend, lost two out of three games there. They lost the first two games of the series against, uh, against Anaheim or Los Angeles or whatever we're supposed to call them this year. Or this, you know, this particular week. I guess the Angels. I should just. I just got to go with the Marlins and the Angels, right? <laughs> and forget forget what the official, you know, team name is. Uh, but anyway, uh, but Texas has shown some signs of cracking a little bit here. Uh, they've been unbelievable offensively. Uh, they've had surprisingly good starting pitching, at least surprising to me. Their bullpen also. I mentioned the Angels. I mentioned Tampa. Uh, the uh, the Rangers bullpen last I heard was 29th 
in bullpen earned run average, uh, which is, you know, there's only 30 teams, folks. Uh, so that's not good. So that's clearly something that if they're going to have any long-term success this season that they're going to have to invest in at the trade deadline. The AL East, uh, the Rays, 49-22. and 22, Then the Orioles are uh, six games back, 42-25. Uh, and 25, and then the Yankees, nine games back at 39-30. Uh, and 30. And then we kind of talked a little bit about the Blue Jays there at 38-31, and 31, 10 games back. But certainly the Rays keep finding ways to get it done. Yeah, I mean, they're certainly built for the regular season. I'm just really, I'm really concerned about how they're going to fare in the postseason unless they suddenly get all – the guys that have to step up as the starting pitchers that have had injury histories, you know, can they actually consistently you know, stay healthy? Because uh, they've already lost two pitchers for the season because of the starting pitchers, two of their top three guys to injury. They're done. They're not coming back this year. Uh, so I just uh, I'm concerned about. They're they're built for the regular season. I mean they're so good. Uh, you know really, you know one through twenty five. Actually, I'm just going to say the position players one through like thirteen or however many they're carrying these days. Uh, they're they're unbelievably deep as far as position players. They've got many platoon situations going because they've got so much depth and so forth. Um, so I really like them in the regular season. I'm you know I'm concerned at least right now that this is subject to change and maybe they'll all you know the guys that are actually be that can pitch this year and can return from injury maybe they'll all be healthy and more consistent as especially starting pitching, and they fix the bullpen some, then maybe I'll change my mind for the postseason. But right now they look like a regular season machine, and I really question how well they can do in the postseason. We'll save the NL West because it's part of our poll question today uh, for the other side of the break, but we'll go into the NL East. The Braves, 42 and 26. The Marlins, four and a half games back at 38 and 31. The Phillies, 34 and 38 games back. And then you have the Mets, 32 and 36, 10 games back. You know, with the payroll here, I know that you got off to a rough start with injuries right away before the season even gets started. Uh, but does any of this make what Steve Cohen has been spending a little bit trepidatious or does he revamp everything in the off season? I have no idea. I think the question is what do they do between now and the trade deadline? Uh, you know, August the 1st, what do they do? Before, what's this roster going to look like on August the 1st? Uh, and yeah, somebody has to do, you know, is Scherzer old or broken? As we you know, mentioned, uh, you know, two or three days this week. You know, he's got a 4.45 earned run average uh, after the start uh, earlier this week that didn't go well against the Yankees. I think that has something to do with it. Yeah, they've got some. Uh, is you know, once again, Zach Kreiser joined us in the last hour from Yahoo, and he pointed out where they've got a lot of older players who have underperformed, and usually, uh, you don't expect those players to just kind of suddenly turn it around and be what they were, you know, two three years ago. So I think those are legitimate questions. Uh, I think it's impossible to answer any Mets postseason questions right now, offseason questions, excuse me, uh, questions right now without knowing what's going to happen the next six or seven weeks before the deadline. 
switching gears here, we'll go to the Arizona Cardinals wrapping up minicamp and on-field work yesterday. There wasn't a whole lot that stuck out to me in terms of what Jonathan Gannon had to say in yesterday's press conference as opposed to what we heard the day before. Will Will Hernandez did meet the media yesterday. He was asked about how he likes the new offense. Uh, The thing, I guess, that stood out to me here was just that he likes it uh, and that it might be a little bit more heavy run and as an offensive lineman that's what he likes to hear Uh, so I thought we could look at the running backs that are on the roster because that was a question that we had uh, pre-draft this isn't going to take very long (laughs) no because we had that question pre-draft should the Cardinals draft a running back so you do have James Conner he's been in the league from 2017 to 2022 when you look at his last season production 13 games 183 carries 782 yards 7 touchdowns then you go to Keontae Ingram. He was a rookie last season, 12 games, 22 carries, 60 yards, one touchdown. Corey Clement, he also has been in the league from 2017 to 2022, nine games, 15 carries, 55 yards, one touchdown. And then Tyson Williams, 2021 to 2022, uh, he played in 2021 with the Ravens for 13 games, 35 carries, 185 yards, and one touchdown. And then Amari Mercado is a rookie from TCU. Yeah, I think there's only one guy you can count on here, and unfortunately, for lots of reasons, he had cancer, obviously, when he was at Pitt. And uh, his, uh, I don't think that James Conner has played a full NFL season in his career so far. If it, uh, if he has, it's just been like one, maybe two. Uh, but he's when he's out there, he's a very good player. Uh, but you know, I don't think any of those other guys you can that you mentioned there can be dependent on anything from week to week at this stage of their NFL careers. Does that concern you at all with just the fact that uh, the offensive line has a lot to be figured out just in terms of who's playing where on the line, bringing along a rookie Paris Johnson Jr. and then not having Kyler Murray to start the season? Yeah, it doesn't concern me because I think this team sucks and it's going to be probably, if not the worst in the NFL, amongst the worst. Their season win total is the lowest of anybody in the NFL now. In fact, there's some locations that have moved it down from five and a half wins in a 17-game season to four and a half. Uh, so, yeah, I don't think. Uh, again, plus, I think they're going to be behind frequently. So, I don't know how much the running game would even play a positive role. If you're chasing points, how often can you run the ball? Unless you're the Atlanta Falcons and Arthur Blank, who somehow had a bad season last year or a mediocre at best season and led the league in rushing attempts. That was pretty impressive. There were some games they actually came from behind and won after just like running the ball all over everyone. That's true. It was a little bit earlier on in the season, though, I think when it caught people by surprise. That's before Bijan Robinson, so they're not going to change their philosophy after they spent the first round pick on a running back who I thought was arguably uh, one of the uh, two or three best players in the entire draft. We answer poll questions on the other side of the break. It is the extra point on this Thursday, June 15th. Poll questions, still time for you to cast your vote. We get to them next right here on KDOS AM 1060.
bringing you the latest sports topics weekly right here on KDUS AM 1060 with me, the Doug Gottlieb Show, 1 to 3 p.m. Coming back to you here on Extra Point on KDOS AM 1060, online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. We'll get into the poll questions here in just a second, but Ricky Fowler, he's extending his lead here at the U.S. Open. He's now six under par through his first 12 holes. Xander Shoffley, four under par through 10. And that's right, Scotty Scheffler, he's turned on the Jets, two under par uh, through 12 holes, and that's good right now for a tie for fourth. We'll, we'll uh, have a little bit more about like six to one odds or whatever it was, Scotty Scheffler? So, you know, I had asked you that question uh, because of the <laughs> insurance that the FanDuel Sportsbook was offering. Yeah. What do I do here? Well, when I went to look at it, uh, his odds ended up changing to 850. So we ended up taking right. the insurance part of things uh, with Scotty Ooh. Scheffler. So we're, we're on okay. Scotty as well, which is a good thing because our guy, Justin Rose, is really struggling. He is six over through 12 holes. So that's not mm. that's not going to be good for, for the week uh, for him. He's going to have to do something special at this point to make the cut. But we'll see how that goes uh, if the U.S. Open, and we'll get into a little bit more about that uh, in the next segment. But we'll turn our attention here to the poll questions, and we'll start with the KDOS1060.com poll question. Who wins the NL West, Arizona or Los Angeles? Uh, okay, I'm glad we don't have a public appearance right now like we did yesterday. So people you know, would come after me. But I think the Dodgers have, in spite of what I've just you know, yapped about for the last three hours, I think they have less questions and more elite players than the Diamondbacks do. So I would say the Dodgers. Also, I think the Dodgers are much more likely to add uh, you know, impact players before the trade deadline. They certainly have, I think, uh, even you know, the Diamondbacks' farm system has gotten better. I think the Dodgers uh, have much more to offer to get to some, I would assume, you know, pitching, pitching, and more pitching, uh, depending on their injury situation with Urias and others. Uh, but uh, I think to throw all those things together, I think that just kind of as currently constructed of healthy, the Dodgers are most likely to win. Uh, but I am impressed, and I was uh, completely – I thought the Diamondbacks would be okay, but I didn't think they would be better than okay. I didn't even think they'd be better than 75 and a half wins uh, before the season starts, which seems like just a preposterous idea now. And why didn't I bet that? You know, Matt and Phoenix told me to bet it. My best friend who bets these things uh, did bet it also, and I didn't do it. And in spite of two of the best baseball minds I know telling me to do it. Uh, right now, both teams have some pitch, pitching questions. Uh, I also look to the trade deadline with that being looming. And then I ask myself, who typically has the bigger budget? Who has been more willing to spend in the past? And when you kind of factor all of that in, it's been the Dodgers. I don't know if the Dodgers have, as you pointed out, the, the prospects maybe looming uh, for them to oh, make. They do. Okay. They do. <laughs> They always do. <laughs> they have my entire lifetime, literally, and I'm old. And they will never not run out of pitching or any prospects to offer in a trade, ever. It's amazing how they 
not only draft players, they draft, you know, they're in a bad draft position almost every year. They still draft players. They develop them, and then they're able to flip them if they need to. The other question that I have, too, is does it make sense for the Diamondbacks, depending upon what they need, to give up some of those young pieces uh, to go, quote unquote, all in this year? So those are still question marks that you kind of have to figure out in your head about whether or not the trade yep. deadline makes sense for them to you know, do massive amounts of moves or just a few moves. So with all of that kind of in mind, um, I then also look to – who has been the team that has been there, done that, and until the Diamondbacks can supplant them consistently, I feel like I have to lean in the direction of the Dodgers, even though this uh, Diamondbacks team has been uh, defying odds, if you will. They've been really exciting. We talked about Christian Walker to start the show. We've talked about it for the last couple of weeks with Corbin Carroll's ascension and just how he has lived up to expectations or maybe even uh, surpassed expectations at this point. So there's just been a lot uh, that has been really good from the Diamondbacks. I guess I just really hold on to the trade deadline and think that uh, that's going to be really pivotal. And at the end, probably swings in the direction of the the Dodgers yeah and I actually as I mentioned I think the Dodgers are you know the better roster right now if healthy uh so that throw that in I will say one thing that might be different is that there's been you know, we've talked about this since like even before the end of last season and certainly during the off season when the Dodgers really didn't quote do anything you know, there is you know, wide speculation. I heard it again yesterday. Kurtz had mentioned it last night during the Dodgers broadcast on ESPN as recently as last night that they're just uh, saving up money for Jotani this offseason when he becomes a free agent. Yeah, I mean, he's that he's been commonly linked there, commonly linked to New York as well, but it does seem like the Dodgers yeah. are getting the advantage there in the, the sweepstakes. Well, and I think the New York thing, it, you know, there's, there was plenty of talk. I think it's kind of died now, maybe because of negotiating. Maybe his agent told you know, it's, you know, tone it down or don't say anything about this. But there was a lot of talk when he first came into the major leagues that he really he wanted no part of New York City. The masses, they are on Los Angeles side of thing at 59% of the vote. Arizona sitting at 41%. This is KDOS1060.com's poll question. Flipping this on over to Twitter, at KDOSAM1060. And I would be remiss if I didn't mention Bob's interview with Zach Kreiser from Yahoo Sports, podcasted over at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS1060 app. Which team misses its star the most? The Mets with Pete Alonzo or the Yankees with Aaron Judge? I'm going to go the Yankees and Aaron Judge because I think the Mets are missing a lot more than just Alonso. So I, I think that obviously he's a great player, but uh, right now they just seem to have more more holes that need to be filled, more gaps that need to be addressed than, than the Yankees do. And obviously Aaron Judge uh, kind of... I, uh, in a way, uh, um, fixes a lot of the things that the Yankees have going on as well with his 19 home runs, his 40 RBIs. He's also drawn 35 walks, which is leading the team. So I'm going to go the Yankees with Aaron Judge. I think it's all very well said. I'll add one thing. He's also a tremendous defender. The masses are on Yankees. Aaron Judge as well at 60% of the vote. Mets Pete Alonso at 40%. This is on Twitter at KDUS AM 1060. 
A reminder for you, uh, the Diamondbacks, they're hosting the Guardians this weekend. And Sunday, it's spend the day with Dad at Chase Field, the first 15,000. Do the Diamondbacks game against the Guardians on June 18th. We'll receive a Father's Day Hawaiian shirt courtesy of Budweiser. Secure your tickets now by visiting dbacks.com slash dad. We'll have another four-pack of tickets for you in tomorrow's program. The game does get started 1.10 p.m., from Chase Field. We wrap up this Thursday edition of Extra Point on the other side of the break. He, of course, is Bob Kemp. Kayla Mortolaro with you. One more to go next. Hey, Phoenix, Doug Gottlieb here. I'm bringing the best sports talk weekdays to you, 1 to 3 p.m., right here on KDUS AM 1060. edition of Extra Point here on KDOS AM 1060. It is that time once again. It is thank you time. As always, we thank you for listening. Special thanks to the callers, emailers, tweeters, texters, whomever, and whatever else slipped through the cracks. Also, our guest today around Major League Baseball. Lots of Diamondbacks and Dodgers talk. And also, we got into some Yankees and Mets. That was the majority of the discussion with Zach Kreiser from Yahoo Sports. Also, sound day courtesy of Bally Sports Arizona. LAD 570, WCBS, WFAN, Fox, CBS, and also Bally Sports New Orleans for the Zion highlight, which was early last season because after early last season, he didn't play much. Uh, also, a special thanks, as always, to Kayla, Corey, and Aaron, and Kayla is going to tell us what's coming up next. Up next, from noon to 1 o'clock, it is Sports Map Radio Network, followed by the Doug Gottlieb Show from 1 to 3, the Rich Eisen Show from 3 to 5, and the Sports with Dave Rooster Bierstein from 5 to 6. Uh, I am seeing this here, that uh, Adrian Wojnarowski is saying that uh, Danilo Gallinari has exercised his $6.8 million player option to return to the Celtics next season. Obviously, yeah. uh, that was an acquisition for them, but unfortunately, with the injury, Injury, uh, he didn't didn't really get a chance to see what he could do on the court. Well, and because of that, he had no option but to do what he did. <laughs> so correct. Not like he's going to get. I would be even as crazy as uh, some of the uh, you know the owners in the NBA RB. I can't imagine uh, that they would actually you know, spend more money on him that he was already going to make for next year. So it seems like it'd be a wise decision. He's certainly an intriguing talent, but unfortunately he's had, I think, uh, consistent issues staying on the floor because of injuries. 
The other bit of NBA-type news that I saw, uh, Cam Johnson has committed to play for Team USA's FIBA World Cup team this summer. Uh, he joins Mikkel Bridges in doing so. The roster as it is right now is Bridges, Jalen Brunson, Anthony Edwards, Tyrese Halliburton, Brandon Ingram, Jaron Jackson Jr., Cam Johnson, Walker Kessler, Bobby Portis, and Austin Reeves. Uh, the team begins training camp August 3rd. Bobby Portis? Really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. Uh, I could understand the Reeves thing. Um, you know, needless to say, I assume he's going to get paid by the Lakers. He's a free agent. So they're kind of, they, he was so good that I don't think they have any choice but to, to pay him a lot. Uh, and speaking of free agent, it's going to be a big offseason for Cam Johnson as well as he's a restricted free agent. And we kind of talked a little bit about uh, his value, um, according to John Hollinger of The Athletic, and that maybe other teams might try to bid up the price for the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, that would be a very intriguing thing in the offseason. And you know, I, don't mention, I don't say that without you know, t- you know, taking that lightly. I think that is intriguing. I'm curious as to what his value around the league would be when there's like teams, I assume, bidding for his services. Uh, certainly, there's been a lot of love for West Coast U.S. Opens here. This is the third West Coast U.S. Open in the last five years as it's being conducted at L.A. Country Club. Ricky Fowler maintains his lead at 6 under par through 13. Xander Shoffley is now at 5 under par through 11. Scotty Scheffler in a tie for fourth at 2 under par through 13. Some of the names that uh, we are waiting to tee off would be Jordan Spieth, Patrick Cantlay, Brooks Kepka, Rory McIlroy, they have yet to tee off. When it comes to the defending champion as well, Matt Fitzpatrick, he tees off a little bit later on today uh, as well. Um, but names that like have two major championships slid so far down the odds board where there were actual odds for him to win at 50 to 1, and it's been unfortunately warranted with his struggles so far this season. Justin Thomas, he's currently two over par through 15, and that's good for a tie for 45th right now. Colin Morikawa is one over par through 13. He's a major champion. Uh, Tommy Fleetwood in that playoff last week at the RBC Canadian, he's one over par through 15 as well. Adam Hadwin, he is now even through 12. So that's what's going on so far at the U.S. Open, which it's been interesting um, to say the least how this golf course has been playing. Uh, If you find yourself not in the fairway, the rough has been penalizing, but it's been a little bit softer than I think maybe a lot of people were expecting, and that's why we're seeing some low scores available. But we'll have much more on that. Tomorrow, in addition to it being Friday Spread, brought to you by Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. Have a good Thursday. We'll talk to you then.